Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the show. And uh, by the way, if you missed the show last week with John Trudell, the uh, very noted conservative author who's written some really good novels and who lives in Oregon some of the time and in Arizona some of the time, and we talked about the situation uh, in Oregon where the uh, occupation took place, so-called occupation, took place of the uh, Wildlife Center and in the cowboy from Arizona was ultimately killed in a so-called confrontation with the police, which was actually set up and orchestrated by the police. And if you didn't hear that show last week, it has been archived, and it's on the website. So go to America's Web Radio and look on, on my page, and you can listen to that show, because it was very, very interesting, and, and we got a big, big response to it uh, all over the country. So listen to it and encourage your friends to listen to it and try to encourage them to listen to this show every week because I plan on having a lot more guests on, dealing with a lot more subject matter. And, of course, today there's plenty to talk about. Last week, as I had John on the show and we were talking about other things, I didn't talk about the uh, attack on Brussels, which had just occurred, and the Obama response to it. And, you know, I keep hearing conservatives, radio talk show hosts, saying that Obama's clueless. And his response to the attack on Brussels clearly showed that. But what did Obama do after the attack? Well, he was in Cuba, cozying up to the Castros. And by the way, after he left Cuba, Fidel Castro just slammed him and made him look like a, a village idiot, which of course he is to some, some extent. But he cozied up to the Castros. And he spent, gave a speech to the Cuban people right after the Brussels attack. And he spent exactly 51 seconds talking about the attack. Not really condemning the attack as, a, as another act of Islamic extremists, Islamic terrorism, because he doesn't do that. He basically just talked about the attack and how his heart went out to the people of Brussels. And then he proceeded to make his speech to the Cuban people and basically tell them how well off they were. And then he went on to go to a baseball game with Raul Castro and do the wave and be shown laughing and, and joking around and having a good time while Russell burned and the rest of the world basically burned. And then while people were calling for him to cut his trip short, and return to the United States, he goes on to Argentina, and Argentina proceeds to uh, get videoed dancing to the tango, and never mentioned, as far as I know, the attack on Brussels the whole time he was in Argentina. Argentina, of course, is also controlled by a left-wing dictatorship, and their economy is crumbling. And But that's okay with Obama, because... Here he showed his true colors. While he was in Argentina, and this has gone mostly unreported, particularly by the liberal news media, but Obama showed that he's not clueless, that he has a deliberate strategy to destroy the United States and to destroy the, the West and to turn the, uh, our country into a combination communist dictatorship 
and Sharia law dictatorship. He spoke to a group of kids, particularly, um, I mean, college students, still kids as far as I'm concerned, college students in Argentina. And he, instead of talking about the differences between capitalism and communism, now capitalism promotes freedom, a free market economy, and promotes prosperity, and how communism is totalitarian, takes away individual liberties, takes away economic liberties, Obama gets up and says that the disagreements about communism versus capitalism are just intellectual drivel. That there is no difference, really, between communism and capitalism, and that it is up to people, like these students, to decide which is best, the best system for them. No mention of the loss of individual freedoms that will occur and do occur under communism. No mention of the millions of people who have died in places like Soviet Union, Communist China, Communist North Korea, Communist Cuba. Not a mention of any of that. He essentially got up and praised communism. This is an American president, supposedly. And yeah, it sounds clueless, but he's not being clueless. This is what he believes. He was telling us this when he was running for president back in 2008, and nobody listened to him. He was stating then that he thought the Constitution was outdated and should basically be discarded. And since he's been president of the United States, he's been doing everything he could to make that happen. Yet that's been ignored. I mean, yes, the guy is an egomaniac. There's no question about that. I mean, he, you know, it's important to him to be shown doing the wave at a baseball game because that gets his picture all over the world. And that's more important to him than it is that Americans at that point were still missing in Brussels. And it turns out four of them died in that Brussels attack. What does Obama do about it? Well, after he finished doing the wave in the tango in South America, in Cuba, he starts lecturing the American people again about how we should not take any of this out on Islam, that we should not blame Muslims for this. Ladies and gentlemen, in the last 30 days, Worldwide, 131 people every day have been killed by terrorists. Not by right-wing terrorists, not by right-wing militia, but by ISIS and other terrorist groups connected to ISIS, all of which have the same common denominator. They're all Muslims. They're all radical Islam. Something that Obama will not even mention. He still won't use the words radical Islam. He still wants to defend radical Islamists 
by not identifying them as the perpetrators of this violence. We're still doing, you know, what was our response to the Brussels attack? Did we increase the bombing of ISIS in Syria and Iraq? Not really. Now, supposedly, the day after, or maybe it was two days after the attack, we killed the number two man in ISIS, the finance minister. We think. Shortly after that grand announcement was made, some Pentagon officials been sort of back started backpedaling on it, saying that they thought and this includes Carter, the Secretary of Defense, he thought we could kill kill that person. Look back on the terrorist attacks. Look back on San Bernardino. Look back on Paris. Look back on Brussels. Seems like Every time there's a terrorist attack that gets the American people worried, gets the world worried, we always announce that we have killed a major ISIS leader. How many major ISIS leaders are out there? Quite a few, apparently, because we keep killing them and killing them and killing them, according to, to the Obama administration. Yet it doesn't seem to slow them down. As far as actually attacking ISIS, we're not doing it. We're still only flying a couple of sorties a day. And the rules of engagement are just horrible. I heard an interview done in the last couple of days with one of the heads of the military command over there, the U.S. military command and basically said that these rules of engagement were causing them to be ineffective. Now, the administration says the rules of engagement in Iraq are coming from the Iraqi government, and part of that's true. In Syria, they're coming directly from the president. Basically, the rules of engagement are that they can only drop their bombs on targets where there are no possibility of civilians being in the area. So what does ISIS do? They hide in civilian populations. Now, we have the ability to have just about pinpoint accuracy in most cases. There's no excuse for us sending our planes and our pilots up in the air in the harm's way and telling them they cannot drop their bombs on targets they see, targets of opportunity, unless they get a clearance by the White House. As I know, nobody in the White House has any military experience whatsoever. Yet they're deciding on the targets. So over half of the times that we send planes up in the air, they come back with their bombs intact, with their rockets intact, with their missiles intact. They're not allowed to use them. They're not allowed to kill the enemy. As a result, ISIS is growing. You know, they're, you know, they're talking about, oh, well, we, uh, we've taken back territory from ISIS. We haven't done anything. We have about a thousand Marines right now back in Iraq supporting the Iraqi attempts to take back ISIS territory, ultimately try to take back Mosul. That attack was supposed to take place <clears throat> 
this month, actually, between now and May. Now they're talking about the tax not taking place at all this year. So we're not gaining anything. The only real gain of territory that's been made against ISIS has been made, unfortunately, by Assad's Syrian army, supported by Russian air power. They took back Palmyra, which was a religious site in Syria, a very historic site that was virtually destroyed by the thugs that make up ISIS. But it wasn't taken back by any force con- connected to the United States. It was taken back by the Russians and Assad's army. Sorry, this we got some bad weather in the area, so I'm getting a little interference here. But uh, we're not doing anything. And we are deliberately not doing anything. We are sitting back and allowing terrorism to happen. Obama did respond to the attacks in Brussels by reiterating his demand that we allow more Syrian refugees in this country, despite the fact that the head of the FBI, the head of Homeland Security, the head of our intelligence people, has basically said, we cannot vet these people. We don't know who they are. We don't know if they're true Syrian refugees or if they're connected with ISIS. ISIS has said they're going to infiltrate the West with people among the refugees. That's what they've done. That's what they've they've done, and several of those people were involved in the terrorist attacks. If they're not directly involved, they're supporting homegrown terrorists. We'll talk more about this after the break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross Case, the Arizona Immigration Law Case, the Obama Eligibility Cases, 
the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So in a nutshell, Obama's response to terrorist attacks by radical Islamists around the world is to do several things. He does it every First thing he does is condemn the attacks, but without using the term radical Islam. He doesn't always even condemn the attacks. Remember the four Marines and the uh, sailor that were killed by a jihadist in Chattanooga, Tennessee? Obama really didn't talk about that right off the bat. He talked about it. It was a bad thing that had happened, but he didn't. He never acknowledged, as far as I know, that that attack was committed by a Muslim, which it was. Which everybody but him knows it was. But his response, when he does respond, has always been first to defend Islam, to lecture the American people and people around the world not to be Islamophobic, phobic, not to blame Muslims, not to blame the Muslim religion, not to blame the Koran and to make sure that we protect Muslims in this country. Remember Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General, after the San Bernardino attacks? The first thing she talked about was that the first priority of this administration was not to find out more about the attackers, not to prepare for more attacks in this country, but to defend Muslims. That was her first priority. And Obama agreed. Then, the second thing that Obama will talk about, particularly if there's an attack in this country, is that we need more gun control. That the disarming of American citizens, law-abiding American citizens, will somehow stop terrorist attacks or even stop the attacks of lunatics out there who just want to kill people. He continues to push his gun control agenda and states like California continue to push the gun control agenda. In the meantime, let's look at the reality of the situation. All of the mass shootings in this country that have happened in the last few years, whether they involve Islamic terrorism or involve some nutcase out there or, or true workplace violence, they have all occurred in gun-free zones. Now, gun-free zones are places where literally it says what it Means what it says. You can't bring a gun in these places. You can't bring a gun into churches. You can't bring a gun into schools. You can't bring a gun into movie theaters. 
gun-free zones, even in the Chattanooga shootings, the Marines and the sailor who were killed were not armed. They were in uniform. The Marines were at a recruiting center or at the reserve center. They were not armed. They are not allowed to be armed in the recruiting centers. These are members of our military. They're trained in the use of firearms. They're trained to defend themselves and the other people in this country. Yet they are not allowed to carry weapons. So they have nice little targets painted on their backs by the Obama administration. So, first of all, don't condemn radical Islam. Defend it. Defend the Muslims. That's the top priority of the Obama administration. Second is to disarm law-abiding American citizens so we can't defend ourselves. Third is to keep the border open, not defend the border, not defend America, deny the Border Patrol the opportunity to even detain people coming into this country illegally, much less deport them. And then the final rule is to push for more refugees in this country from Muslim countries. Let me tell you how that's working out, folks. Texas, unfortunately, like other states, has sanctuary cities. These sanctuary cities are the places where most of the crimes occur. Now, interestingly enough, the highest crime rate in Texas is any in any city, and there's been reports lately about the murder rate in Dallas, Texas, it's, it's just gone through the roof. And there have been a lot of refugees coming into Dallas. But the highest crime rate is not Dallas, not Houston, not San Antonio. It's Amarillo, Texas. What used to be a peaceful cowboy town out in the Texas panhandle now has the highest crime rate in Texas, at one of the highest crime rates in the country. Now, why would this be? Well, it seems the mayor of Amarillo has been welcoming Syrian refugees in for months now. Not just welcoming, but encouraging Obama to send more of them. We want more Syrian refugees. They're coming in unvetted. They're being given the same as other so-called refugees coming in this country, and illegals. They get free food, they get free health care, they get free education, they get free housing, and they get welfare checks. So they have plenty of time on their hands to do other things besides work. But they don't have to work. So what do they do? They go out and rob, they kill, they sell drugs. And as a result, Amarillo, Texas, has become a very unsafe city for the Texans, the American citizens that live there, it has become an unsafe city. This is a prime example, right here in the state that I live in, of what happens when you bring in unvetted refugees or when you have a wide open border. 
Now, is ISIS going to attack in this country? Certainly they are. They're going to attack again. The face it, it's a lot easier to do so in Europe, because Europe has already been flooded with their open border policy. They've been flooded with these refugees in there. And they also have homegrown communities, Muslim communities like in Brussels and in Paris, where basically the local police won't even go. They've been declared Sharia law zones, which means they can do whatever they want and do. And this leads to acts of terrorism. Until something happens, like it did in Brussels, basically the police don't go near these enclaves. And now we're getting the same type of enclaves here in Texas and around the country. Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, are all accepting more Syrian refugees. In the case of Houston and San Antonio, they are also a haven for illegals. They're sanctuary cities. They're basically anybody who commits a crime can't even be asked about their status as a citizen or an illegal immigrant. But people cannot be questioned about that. If they're stopped for a traffic violation, you can't ask them. Even if they don't have any identification, you can't ask them if they are in the country legally or illegally. It's chaos. And it's deliberate chaos created by our president. Again, he is not clueless. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what is happening. And he likes it. He wants it to happen. He wants to do, by the end of his term, what he feels like he was elected to do. Of course, the American people don't think realize they were electing him to do what he wants, but he wants to bring down the United States of America. He wants to destroy our country. He wants to destroy our Constitution. He wants to turn us into a communist, socialist nation where the government has complete control. We have virtually no freedoms, individual liberties. He's done everything he could to destroy freedom of religion, the right to keep and bear arms under the Second Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, do you hear his lecture to the press here recently? He lectured the news media. Now, most of the liberal news media still bends over, goes down on one knee, and kisses the finger, the ring on his finger of this man. Or in some cases, kiss some other part of his posterior regions. They do what he, he wants them to do. They lie. They protect him. They cover up his scandals. They attack anybody who criticizes him. I can't tell you how many times I've been called racist. <clears throat> because I'm a racist. No, I'm not, never have been. Do I criticize Obama because he's black? No, I criticize Obama because he's a communist, or he's a Muslim. Maybe he's none of the above. Maybe he just wants to destroy this country 
and create some kind of new dictatorship in his own image. I do know that he's moving forward with his plan. And I do know that his heir apparent is supposed to be Hillary Clinton, who will be essentially give Obama his third term. And if Hillary's elected, the United States Supreme Court will be totally left wing. The Congress will be ignored. The Constitution will be destroyed. The American economy will be destroyed. And Obama will have been successful. This is what we're looking at. This is what we're facing. This is what this man wants. So don't believe anybody who says he's clueless or he's stupid. Believe that this man knows exactly what he's doing. And unfortunately, it's succeeding. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. The wide open border here in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, is a particular concern to me because we have thousands of refugees, so-called, coming across the border, when in fact most of them are not refugees at all, they're just coming across the border because of the free stuff. And we continue to give them the free stuff. And I've talked about this before because what 
one of the things that really disturbs me, in addition to the fact that a lot of these people are criminals and terrorists, potentially, and they're bringing diseases with them, some of which have been eradicated from this country for years. But we have people in this country who are in need of our help, who are American citizens. And not just American citizens, but American heroes. Veterans, military veterans. San Antonio, Texas is a great example. And by the way, there's a guy named Castro who's mayor down there who uh, is probably going to be Hillary's vice presidential candidate. And this is the same guy, this is the same administration that passed an ordinance in that city that said if you did not believe in gay marriage, if you had Christian beliefs against it, if you had religious beliefs against gay marriage, then you could not do business with the city of San Antonio. You could not be employed by the city of San Antonio. You couldn't even run for office in the city of San Antonio. See, there's a little something like the Constitution that says that no religious test can be used for anybody running for political office in this country, nationwide or statewide. But that's what they've been trying to impose in San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas is also the home of some of the major military bases in this country, including Lackland Air Force Base. Last year, there were 2,000 women and children who had come across the border illegally who were being housed at that Air Force Base. There was also a nearby ICE facility where the offices had been converted to apartments for illegals who basically were given free food, free medical care, free education, free toys for the children, free computers, free cable television, with big screen TVs, well taken care of. At the same time, on any given night, there were an estimated 250 U.S. military veterans, homeless, living on the streets, sleeping under bridges, sleeping in parks. Why weren't they being housed in these former ICE apartments? Why weren't they being housed at Lackland Air Force Base? Why weren't they even allowed a place to sleep, much less been given free food, free medical care? That's the priorities of the Obama administration. That's the priorities of the minions who support the Obama administration. And that is going to be the priority of Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton doesn't belong in the White House, ladies and gentlemen. She belongs in jail. I'm a constitutional attorney. I've practiced law for years and years. I was admitted to the practice, passed the Bar Association, or the Bar Exam, and was admitted to practice in Louisiana in January 1974. Except for a period when I was retired from actual practice, and teaching law, online courses. Now I'm back actually practicing again as Executive Director of the United States Justice Foundation. I have never stopped dealing with the law. 
And I can tell you that Hillary Clinton has committed not just one crime, but a series of crimes. She has violated the rules of the Department of State, the rules of the federal government, and laws passed to protect the secrets of this country. She did it repeatedly, she did it knowingly, and then she tried to cover it up, just like she and Bill tried to cover up his adulterous practices while he was in the White House. And they tried to cover up the Clinton Foundation. In fact, the Clinton Foundation gets millions of dollars, got millions of dollars from foreign countries who were dealing with the Secretary of State at that point, Hillary Clinton, and were getting favors from her, getting things approved to benefit countries like Saudi Arabia, Middle Eastern countries. As a result, they would give a million, two million dollars to the Clinton Foundation, which is supposedly a charitable foundation. But of course, a lot of that money went to pay expenses for the Clinton family. That has been covered up by the news media. What's happening with the email scandals, the email server? Even the mainstream media has been able, been forced to take note of it. Because let's face it, you know, it's something that can't be ignored. One of the great military men of our time, General Petraeus, he ended up, because of his indiscretions, and because of some actual stupidity on his part, although admire him as a military commander, this was dumb. He had somebody, a woman who was doing a biography about him and also sleeping with him at the same time, and he gave her some information that he shouldn't have given her. He ended up being charged by the Justice Department. He ended up pleading guilty. Did not go to prison, but certainly was disgraced. What he did doesn't come close to what Clinton has done. Clinton has put secrets of this country out in a position where they are vulnerable to being hacked into by the communist Chinese, by the Russians, by ISIS, by Al-Qaeda, by virtually anybody out there who wants to do harm to this country. And she did it repeatedly. Classified documents, classified emails, at least 1,400 of them that we know about. And we believe me, they've just scratched the surface. There's a lot more out there that they haven't uncovered yet. Those are all crimes. Yet, is she going to be indicted? Well, number one, it's been reported there are 147 FBI agents involved in this investigation. I doubt that there are that many, but there's still a bunch of people out there who are looking into this. And hopefully, they are going to do what is necessary. But the FBI can't indict anybody. They can't charge anybody. All they can do is recommend to the Justice Department that charges be brought against a figure like this, federal charges. Will Loretta Lynch do it? 
Obama do it? Does the final word have to come from him? Well, it depends. If it looks like Hillary can win the election and will continue Obama's legacy and do his bidding, then there'll be no charges filed. If it looks like she might lose the election, despite not being indicted, then Obama was certainly capable of throwing her under the bus and having a red lynch indicter and then asking Joe Biden to step in to be the new Democratic nominee. Well, folks, it looks like weather got Michael Conley for a moment. Uh, I'm sure he'll be calling back in momentarily or we'll uh, call him. Uh, we apologize for that, but they are having bad weather um, in Texas. So we're, we're going to try him. We'll run a spot right quick. We'll be back with you just as quick as we can. Thank you. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Okay, let me take it. You got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my apologies. It was a lightning strike right on top of me just a minute ago, and everything went out. And uh, now we're back, and hopefully we'll be able to continue the show and finish it up uh, because uh, we get clobbered here right now by the weather. Not nearly as bad it was uh, earlier this year, late last year, during the last spring. Uh, it was real bad. That was when the tornado came over right over our, our place here. and didn't touch down, but it's still... Straight line winds were strong enough, so it took out our greenhouse and took down five trees. And uh, then it touched down a little town called Van, not far from us, and unfortunately killed a couple of people. And then the day after Christmas, we got back from visiting a family over in uh, Ruston, Louisiana. Uh, we walked in the door, and the phones were both ringing, and it was a uh, code red, as they call it, and they had a tornado in the area. We had five code reds in the space of about 45 minutes. Uh, we had to go to our safe room at one point. A couple of times just watched tornadoes pass by off in the distance. So, you know, we live in an area where the, where the weather can be very interesting, to say the least. But back to what we were talking about, we're talking about, you know, what's going to happen to Hillary. Well, one of the things that bothers me is that I learned this just yesterday. Loretta Lynch is the Attorney General of the United States. She used to work in a law firm years ago that represented the Clintons. Now, I don't know that she directly represented them personally, but she was involved in the firm that represented them, mostly on, on tax matters. That should automatically disqualify her 
making a decision about whether or not to indict Hillary Clinton. That decision should now be made by somebody else in the Justice Department. And I believe that there are lawyers in the Justice Department who would go forward with this indictment simply because of the fact that they are getting fed up even though they work in the Obama administration, they're getting fed up with the lawlessness of the Obama administration. I mean, this is an administration that will continue to break the law, continue to violate the Constitution. Let me point out again, and I've done this on the program before, but it's something that people need to remember, that... Obama, Clinton, Loretta Lynch, all members of Congress, all members of the administration, cabinet positions, sub-cabinet positions, basically all federal employees, take the same oath of office that I took when I became a member of the United States Army. And that is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That oath doesn't expire. That oath doesn't go away. The fact that I'm no longer on active duty in the Army or in the Reserves does not mean that that oath is going away. I still believe in it. And I certainly did everything I could to defend it. Obama and Hillary took the same oath. Yet they violate that oath on a daily basis because they don't defend the Constitution of the United States. They do everything they can to destroy the Constitution of the United States, to denigrate the Constitution, to take away constitutional rights of the American people. And every time they do that, they are committing a felony. Actually, what's called a relative felony in the terms of the law. Because any time, according to federal statutes, Anytime you do anything to denigrate the Constitution or to try to destroy our constitutional government, then you are guilty of a crime. And you can be fined for each instance up to $10,000 and put in prison for one year. How many times has Obama violated the Constitution? How many times has Hillary Clinton violated the Constitution? When are the members of the liberal news media going to hold her accountable for what she's done? Not just for what she's done the Secretary of State with the email server. But what about Benghazi? The one time a member of the liberal media tried to come forward with information about what Hillary had done about Benghazi and how they had been covered up and how our military had been told to stand down while four, four Americans died. That person was fired by CBS News. The liberals in the media, they don't take the oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution, so they're not committing a crime per se. But as far as I'm concerned, they're aiding and abetting in the commissions of crimes. Because they're covering them up. They're protecting Hillary 
They're protecting Obama. And they're protecting his idiotic stances. What seem to be idiotic stances, but they're actually, again, deliberate efforts by him to destroy this country. I mentioned earlier in the show that 131 people worldwide are dying every day. That's about seven per hour being killed in various terrorist attacks. We had the attack at San Bernardino. We have an open border policy that's allowing drug lords, drug dealers, criminals of all kinds to come across and commit crimes in this country. In the last couple of years, in Texas alone, there have been over 600,000 crimes committed by illegals. People who are in this country illegally have not been deported. They've been allowed to hang out in sanctuary cities. Federal government doesn't deport them. ICE doesn't do anything about them. Over 600,000 crimes. And I'm not talking about DUIs. Those two. I'm not talking about petty crimes. I'm talking about murder and rape and child molestation. Yet this is something that Obama is encouraging. Obama's priorities with all this going on with the terrorism in the world. Well, I mean, we got really important stuff out there. The Obama administration is now proposing to fine, issue fines against schools that do not strictly comply with Michelle Obama's nutrition rules, which, by the way, have led to schools having to throw food out. Kids won't eat the meals that Michelle wants them to eat. They don't like the foods. They don't eat the food, so food gets destroyed, wasted. It's become so expensive that some schools and school districts can't do it. So the federal government is going to start fining schools because they don't obey Michelle's rules. Excuse me, but who the hell is Michelle Obama? She's the unelected first lady of the United States. She has no authority under the Constitution to issue rules, to pass laws, to make laws. She doesn't even have the power that her husband has, and that is to enforce the laws passed by Congress. Congress has not passed the law that said Michelle's rules are now the law of the land and must be obeyed. Yet that's what school districts around the country are being told, that you're going to be fined, you're going to be punished, we're going to take away money from your school that could be used to buy computers, to buy textbooks, to buy things to help educate your, your kids, to give teachers a pay raise. We're going to take that money away from you because you're not feeding the children the lunches that Michelle Obama in her queen-like throne, the Marie Antoinette of today, she has issued a decree which has no force of law, which is strictly her opinion. Yet our schools are going to be fined, our taxpayer money is going to be taken by the federal government because we're not obeying, obeying Queen Michelle. 
And then you have the priority of climate change. Obama's going to shut down the coal industry. Get ready for the price of gasoline to start going back up big time. Because the price has gotten so low that people have stopped drilling for gas, for oil, because it costs them more to drill than they can sell it for. So now we're running into a supply problem. And of course you have the countries in the Middle East manipulating the supply of gasoline. Then you have a lot of gasoline that is in Iraq and places like that have been captured by ISIS. Oil. So Obama's response is to destroy the coal industry in this country and to ban offshore drilling in the Atlantic Ocean, which at first he approved of, and then, well, first he disapproved, and then he approved, and now he's disapproving again. All because of so-called climate change. He has stated repeatedly that that is the biggest threat to this country and to the world. Not Islamic extremism, not terrorism, not Putin and nuclear Russia, not the crazy dictator of North Korea, not the Iranians having nuclear weapons. All that, that that's nothing. That's inconsequential compared to climate change which most scientists now agree is bull. That their climate changes occur, yes, but not necessarily as a result of anything that people do. They've been occurring before there were hardly any people on the planet. But hey, that's a way for Obama to control the economy, to destroy the economy, to control the American people. So he goes forward with that. And then just today, we found out that the FDA, under the orders of Obama, is going to change the rules on abortion pills, the morning-after pill, to make it more easily for people and women to obtain it and to use it basically anytime they want to, with no regulations. So... Killing babies, that's a top priority of Obama and Hillary Clinton and Planned Parenthood, of course. So I, for one, am getting fed up. We have to elect a president of the United States, and I'm not endorsing anybody. We have to elect a president who will appoint justices in the Supreme Court that will protect the American people, that will protect our constitutional rights. It's not going to happen if Hillary's in office or Bernie Sanders is in office or Joe Biden's in office. Please encourage people to listen to this show, to come to my website at www.michaelconnelly.jz.com and read my blog. You can also find out about how to order copies of my books, including my booklet on the Constitution. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings. It's a big seller, but it's only available through that website or through www.constitution.jigsy.com. Although we're in the process of 
working to get it on as an, an e-book, get it, get it offered through uh, Amazon at least. I encourage people to listen to this show. I encourage people to read my blog and to contribute to the United States Justice Foundation. We are preparing to file another brief in Texas versus United States case about amnesty. We just finished filing a brief Little Sisters of the Poor case. We have filed about 10 or 15 briefs just in the last couple of months in courts of appeal in the U.S. Supreme Court defending our constitutional rights. And we continue to fight for our veterans in individual cases. In fact, I've got a couple of people I need to call as soon as the show's over. So go to usjf.net and donate to us. All contributions are tax deductible. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.